0: From finance to family. I love my dad working with other people. And maintaining your lifestyle. I can't wait until my husband and I start traveling. It's time for Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester of Talon Wealth, along with Kristen Charles. Join the conversation at guardingyournestegg.com. I had kind of a surreal morning. It was kind of odd. So had made the coffee, the kids are eating breakfast, and I look out the window, and we're kind of out in the country a little bit, so there's animals and things. And I see the dogs interested in something. It's in a, the driveway, and I can see there's something laying on the ground, and both dogs are kind of sniffing at it. And then one, one dog kind of jumped backwards, and I thought, oh, you know. And so I told Luke, I said, hey, I think there's a, uh, I think there's a snake out there. And so I went out there. You know, I didn't want the dogs to get better or whatever. So, anyway, I'm, I'm anticipating I'm going to come up on a snake because the dogs were like real nervous. And it's a fish.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Laying in the driveway. How did it get there? <laughs> that's that's my point. Because you're so not
1: I, near a lake that. Well, there's a lake.
0: There's, there's a, a lake around pond, here some, kind of. somewhere. But there's a fish that's at least I don't know where the closest lake is. But well, let's just say it's a mile away. <laughs>
1: Talk about a fish out of water.
0: Yeah, there's a fish that has dropped from the sky and is laying in the driveway. And the dogs are trying to figure out what in the heck is this thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I get out there and I see a fish and it occurs to me that it's dropped from the sky. So listen, I'm almost 50. I got a few years on it. Are you so being serious out.
1: that you think this fish dropped out of the sky?
0: It did drop out of the sky.
1: That doesn't happen.
0: Okay, this is why, again, Kristen, the wheel started turning. How did a fish wind up in the driveway? Okay, Okay, it it dropped from the sky. So I start looking around. I see, uh, and I've seen a lot of bald eagles. I see probably the biggest bald eagle I've ever seen just perched up in a tree, waiting for these dogs to move. And I'm like, oh, all right. So the the bald eagle went out and caught this fish, and then somehow it drops it. (laughs) It And it's so mad
1: it dropped it, I'm sure.
0: Well, and it waited. So. Anyway, I walk up, I see the fish. Okay. It's not a poisonous snake. So now I'm going to, you know, I don't want the dogs get pissed and I'm going to walk away and this Eagle literally has got, it it comes out of the tree, swoops down. And I wasn't quite far enough away, does a pass, tries to scoop this fish off the driveway, misses it, goes back up and is just watching me. So finally I just backed up far enough to where it could swoop back down, grab its fish and then go away. But by that time, I, I, got, uh, I got the phone out and got a video of it. So, anyway, it was, it was kind of an interesting morning. You right? might want to I mean, post that on falling, Facebook. <laughs> fish are falling from the sky. You know, I'm out there trying to protect the dog. So, anyway, that, that's enough of a story. But I had a good morning. Yeah.
1: Well, and also the eagle, did you check out the talons on it by chance?
0: I didn't get that close. This thing, I mean, have you ever been around a bald eagle? They're huge. I mean, and they're a little intimidating
1: only watch them on one of those cameras when they're you know hatching mm. or something like that but i was just making the correlation of talon wealth and talon the talons or how they protect
0: kind of how we got that name but yeah the guarding your nest egg radio show so
1: an eagle was guarding its nest egg, which was a fish. And... In, a,
0: in an eagle's case, it's a fish, right? It's not a, it's not a golden egg. They would, eagle would not know what to do with that. But oh, uh, they do like, bald eagles do like fish quite a bit. Yeah.
1: Well, Talon Wealth does this radio show, Guarding Your Nest Egg, to talk about real life, things like that. And me going, wait, what a second. How does a fish fall out of the sky?
0: Well, It happens all the time, Kristen. Don't worry about it.
1: I grew up on the coast. I don't remember that happening. However, I love that it did because it gave us a little interesting start today, and I learned something new. And hopefully you will, too, listening today when it comes to your financial life, especially near or in retirement. So this year seemed off to a pretty good start for the stock market, but then volatility began in February. So Hmm. what's on the way? No one really knows. I'm educated enough to know that, but according to a Yahoo Finance article, Morgan Stanley's chief investment officer says 2023's early rally was a bull trap, and he's predicting more pain ahead for investors, calling March a high-risk month for the bear market to resume. But for those who have already called it quits, Mike, or they're inching closer and closer to that day of where they're going to, this prediction couldn't come at a worse time.
0: Yeah, Kristen, I think for people that are optimistic about the market, I mean, if you look at advisors that are out there, if you've been telling people to hang in there, something like January gave you a little bit of fodder to say, hey, look, at look, I've been telling you markets are doing better and, and hopefully it goes up. And we have not been in that camp. I mean, we right. like active management. We made a lot of changes to portfolios in 2022, assuming it would be a down market. This is why we encourage people to, Hey, listen, if you want to come kick the tires and compare how we've been doing to how you've been doing, we're very open to that. And that's why we offer comprehensive planning for free. But, you know, going back to what Morgan Stanley is saying, let me just make sure that I sort of define when, when we use terms like a bull trap, what they're talking about is a bull market. Any bull mm. market is considered a good market. So, if markets are going up, that's a good market. It's, it's referred to as a bull market. If markets are going down, that's a bear market. And that's why um, in New York
1: City, that big bull is there.
0: Right. There's there's the in big the financial bull, right? Because having a bull, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. We we like it when markets are up if we're invested in that way. But we've been in a bear market for quite a while, meaning a bad market. And then January was a trap because if Markets are up in January. People feel like, okay, markets are gonna go back up and they get in, they got trapped. Now they're predicting pain ahead for investors. I agree. We're starting to see it here. We could point to a lot of different things, but the, I think the data that's out, and again, it's felt this way to us at Town Wealth for a long time, but the data is out and it says, hey, inflation is not coming down as fast as they want. It actually ticked up a little bit. The Fed, their policy of raising interest rates and raising them very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, historically, what they did in 2022 in those raises, those are huge raises over a very short period of time. And now they're looking back and going, oh my gosh, that wasn't enough. So the assumption is they're gonna have to do more, and as they do more, and they tighten the money supply by raising interest rates, that is bad for the economy. And what's bad for the economy is bad for the stock market. So to come out and say, hey, listen, if you're either retired recently, or have been retired for a while or close to retirement, and you're taking a look at your retirement savings right now going, hey, listen, I gotta find a way to live off of this money for the rest of my life, which means I have to find a way to not just grow my portfolio for inflation reasons, but I also have to find a way to take income mm-hmm. off of it, meaning you know, growth and income portfolio. Somebody needs to be talking to a, an independent financial advisor that can bring those types of solutions to the table. And if I was an investor, particularly in retirement, and somebody was just giving me this sort of blanket statement about how, well, here's a diversified portfolio, hang in there, or I'm an advisor, but then you sit down with them and they're not really an advisor. They just turn out to be an insurance salesman because they're selling annuities as a solution. That's not advice. That's a product, Mm -hmm. right? So moving forward, what I think most people are looking for, whether retired or close to it is obviously solutions but they need to find the right independent advisor that will sit down and just help them make an informed decision and an informed decision happens when you've taken a look at all of the investment options somebody's explained to you how they work they've taken a look at your personal goals for retirement How much money do you need to set aside for retirement? How much income do you need in retirement to cover expenses? What about inflation? What about taxes? All of these things go into a financial plan, and then that financial plan needs to be updated on a regular basis. And so I love what we do, Kristen, and I love the calls that we get week after week. But week after week, I'm frustrated by The calls you get. The calls we get. Because I, you I don't, feel I don't like, mind getting the calls. No. I, I just, they're not, these people, an individual, they are not getting help. Right. right. They're being told to hang in there or they're being sold a product. And that is frustrating to me. And it's a reason to get up and do this show with you every single week is just to help people make informed decisions. And listen, if, even if we can't help you, find somebody who can.
1: You know what's funny is we were hanging out with some friends the other day, and someone said something about they heard that a friend of theirs' advisor told them this, that, and the other, and it was not good information. And your look on your face, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop the story because you're going to give Mike a reason to get up even earlier in the morning." <laughs>
0: yeah, because <laughs> that kind you just thing, made him angry. Yeah,
1: because you care that much yeah. about. You can't be a true advocate, I guess, because you're a fee-only fiduciary, but you do care so much that you want to try, right? You want to get the information out there. That's what this show is for. And obviously, we would love for you to work with our team at Talon Wealth when it comes to your retirement money. But if not, at least you'll take something away, and that's information.
0: Well, it kind of goes back to we do want to help everybody. We realize we can't help everybody. You know the term, you can lead them to water, but you can't make them drink. That's a horse, yep. It's a horse. So we would love to try to at least informationally help lead people to water. I don't expect them to all drink the water when they come to see us, right? (laughs) Right. If we can at least eliminate some bad information they're getting, right, and then lead them on a path where they're going to get better information or an advisor that'll just help them make informed decisions, then that's enough for me.
1: Well, I was lucky enough to sit in on a conversation you had with one of Talon's clients. Mm -hmm. And I don't know his name or details. I'm sure you probably remember it all as his advisor. But the reason he wanted to check in with you real quick about his portfolio was concerns about market volatility. And he said that things just don't feel right. But I also distinctly remember him saying, Quote, Mike, I grew up in a hardworking, middle-class family, and I can't get over this idea of having the benchmark of a million dollars socked away to retire. He went on to say, quote, there's just something about that number. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. People are fixated on that number. Is that right or wrong to be looking at it that way?
0: Well, it's not right or wrong, but it is different for everyone. So, saw so how we grew up. You think about the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Right show. You know, and then... Back when that show came out, that was a really big deal, you know, then Jed's a millionaire and they moved to Beverly Hills and it's just been ingrained in our culture for so long that, you know, anytime somebody like that calls up and says there's a million dollar benchmark, it's because... It's just it's a benchmark for them. It's a hey, I've made it. Now, do they need a million dollars to retire? That comes out in the financial planning process, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have enough to retire? I mean, could it doesn't need to be more than a million? Could it be less than a million? That that depends on a lot of different factors, and that's what I love about financial planning is being able to say, well, yeah, a million's fine, but you don't need that much. It's, it's the need it's and our, want are
1: two different things.
0: The need and want are two different things, but our ability to walk somebody through financial planning and, and having a written financial plan and updating that plan and active management and all the things that we do, of course, we have a lot of confidence in it because that's our job and we're, we're doing it daily. But the other part of our job is to help clients mm-hmm. be comfortable in it and be feel secure in their retirement and not have to worry about running out of money. You know, I, I just came out of my mouth, Kristen. Running out of money. Ugh. I know it's a huge concern in retirement.
1: It's, it's people are terrified but I'm like, of well, that happening. Well, they're
0: you know? terrified of it, but I, I also don't like how it's marketed, right? Because I constantly hear advertising that's like, "Hey, you never have to run out of money and uh, guaranteed income for life," and and uh, this all of these annuity salespeople. And you know, I don't like them, right? And uh, I don't like how they're selling them. I don't like how they're acting like they're financial advisors, but they're really just insurance salespeople, right? And they're they're using scare tactics to get people interested in that type of investing. And um, You're right. Yeah, I never me. noticed but it
1: that way. The fear of running out of money. The you fear can... of running
0: out of money. They are using it. And, yeah. and and what I what I want people to understand is there are so many ways to accomplish or the need of not being worried about running out of money where you don't have to pay some financial advisor a big commission so they can get their free trip to Hawaii, you know? <laughs> it's, hmm. just, it's just not necessary. It's not necessary to lock products, your money Is that where products
1: like annuities come in? Is that what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's what they're doing. I mean, again, we want to be financial advocates, particularly to people that are retired or very close to it. Every time we hear somebody misrepresenting themselves, right, whether it's through an ad in the paper or on the radio or on the television, but basically misrepresenting themselves as an investment advisor just so they can turn around and pitch somebody an annuity at the end. To me, that's misrepresentation. You, you, you can't be both. You can't be an insurance product salesperson and an investment advisor in fiduciary because the two things don't go hand in hand. As, as an investment advisor or as a fiduciary, your job is to explain to your clients what all of their investment options are, or your potential clients, help them make informed decisions, and put the best investment option in front of them pertaining to their needs. Well, if their need is income, I could show somebody investment options better than annuity. If their goal is not running out of money, I could show them investment options better than annuity. If their goal is income for life, I can show them investments better than annuity. So anybody who's out there promoting the annuity as a solution, that's not being a fiduciary. That's, I want my commission. I want my money as fast as I possibly can. I want to lock somebody in a long-term contract. And by the way, get the free trip or free advertising, or whatever they're getting. It's just so disingenuous. That it makes my blood boil, which is, I'm going to get off my soapbox now because that really, anyway, you know how I know we're doing the right thing, Kristen? How? Our competitors who are selling annuities are bad-mouthing us on their radio programs. I've heard (laughs) some of it. And it it makes, I just, I love it. So by the way, please keep doing it. I'm talking about us. <laughs> you're helping us. You're helping us. I mean, you're proving my point, right? I mean, we're pissing off all the right people and getting calls from all the right people. So please keep it up. Everybody who's bashing us for talking bad about annuities.
1: Gosh, Mike Lester for president 2024 based on annuities.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be president for what it's worth. That would be a tough job. I'm working on not having gray hair. I think within like two years of oh, being yeah. president, you've got, you got a head full of gray hair.
1: Yeah, Mike's uh, time and talent are best spent helping you with your portfolio and your written plan for retirement. Link up anytime at guardingyournestec.com. Specifically at Talon Wealth, Mike and the team of fee-only fiduciaries help those that are near and in retirement. And it's also very normal and human to wonder how you measure up to other people. Well, here's some insight on that from the Fed's latest survey. Mike doesn't like surveys either. That's why I like
0: to bring them up. Of consumer well, I think finance. Of, um, <laughs> uh, survey Says, you know. Yes. Uh, not, not the new guy. He's great. Oh, but the,
1: what was the guy was... that used to kiss everybody back in the day on Family
0: Feud? Yeah, you can't do that anymore. No. <laughs>
1: <You can't> kiss... <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, Survey his name's, Says. Uh, all of our listeners are screaming his name yes, into the radio. Are. We're both blanking on uh-huh, it right now. Ray... Dawson. Dawson. Yes. Ray something Dawson? Dawson. I'm going to get emails on this yes, now. You Thanks, are. Kristen. You, I got the Dawson part. You, I think you might. Richard
1: Dawson. That's it. Richard. I didn't yes. even Google. How about that? Well, this survey, not on Family Feud, from the Fed, says the average household net worth in America is just over $121,000. Now, that's all ages everybody. Right. But it's more than double that for people age 64 to 74 that they surveyed at roughly $266,000. And yes, that is a lot of money. But I'm wondering, Mike, you know, you've been in financial services for, what, 25 years. You've come across a lot of different people in your career. What are some of the key habits that you've noticed from the most successful savers that you've worked with over the years? And I ask because people in their 60s usually start spending money to cover living expenses after leaving work behind. So it probably took a lot to get to that point.
0: Well, of course it did, and I, I, you mentioned it. Surveys are always kind of interesting to me because you don't you don't really know who's being surveyed. But if you survey, okay, so ages sixty four to seventy four. Well, we know the age group of the people being surveyed, but people in that age group come from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot mm-hmm. of different lifestyles, um, different areas kind of, of the country, that different, have different areas different of the country, lifestyles. and so. We know growing up, I mean, you've got white-collar jobs and blue-collar jobs.
1: Which, by the way, I've always had a blue-collar job, and I'm proud of that. Working in radio, being a DJ, that's blue-collar.
0: Well, and one or the other doesn't always imply the amount of money you've set aside for retirement. I mean, uh, there's a lot of white-collar jobs that didn't pay a lot, but they have a good pension program. And so they... They wind up with some money set aside for retirement, maybe not as much as others, but they have a great pension and then they get Social Security and, and they're, they're covering their needs through guaranteed income through pensions and Social Security with some money and savings if they need it. Mm-hmm. You've got other individuals that maybe they had very, very high incomes and were able to set aside a, a lot of money for retirement, but they still have to find a way to generate income off mm-hmm. of that because maybe they don't have a pension and and hopefully they have social security and not everybody does but hopefully they do. I
1: mean not everybody so, does.
0: Well, I mean th- there are rules and and some of our listeners will know. I mean, the, the one that jumps out to me is uh, the railroad. There's something called railroad retirement. Huh. Depending on your age and, and a lot of other factors, if you were a railroad employee, your social security a lot of times is gonna look quite a bit different than what we think of as traditional social security. So I so the reason I would make a blanket statement like, well, not everybody's social security looks the same. Well, there's a lot that goes into that too. How, how, how much did you work? How much did you earn over that period of time? God. How many years did you work? Did you have a railroad job or maybe another one where they would reduce the amount of social security? So. It is complicated, Kristen, and the more I sit here and just ramble on about all the <laughs> all the different scenarios and what could happen, you know, it starts to freak people out a little bit like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I'm going to retire and my Social Security might not be this or have I set aside enough? So you'll notice, and I think our listeners will notice, we, we tend to stay away from scare tactics. I don't think that's productive. I know there are plenty of other financial companies out there that pretty much just try to scare everybody into what they do. I've never felt that to be a productive conversation. I think people certainly come in with apprehensions about how to invest. They certainly come in apprehensive about retirement, but to scare people into doing something, I always thought this was interesting. So so some advisor gets somebody in their office and they just scare the hell of them. Like, you know, yeah. the world is coming to an end. By the way, the you are fired crash, up today. So you are you to... okay?
1: You know your grandmama's still listening to this show.
0: I mean, she, yeah. She would agree, you know, though,
1: because you're passionate right. about helping people. I okay. just don't
0: like when people scare people. Yeah, You know, it's like like they're bullying people. But anyway, there's always an agenda, right? So the agenda is... They've got a product or they've got a particular way of investing or, or somehow they've in their mind figured out to be the only person in town who has an investment when that's just not even true. But if you scare people into investing, what you're going to wind up with is okay. So maybe you can scare them into the product. But then there's this thing called buyer's remorse, right? So you've mm-hmm. locked them into some product. Here's the thing I've learned over twenty plus years of doing this for a living. There is no silver bullet to retirement. Because if there uh, I, were if there were, everybody would be doing it. And then if everybody was doing it, it wouldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Your number one friend in retirement when it comes to financial planning is flexibility. Huh. And it's it's liquidity and flexibility and the ability to change as the environment and the culture and the economy and your age and everything changes around you. Okay. Financial products don't allow that. They lock you in for a long period of time with some promise of a return that, by the way, isn't usually that. So please give us a call if somebody's guaranteeing you something. But if somebody actually sits down with you as a partner in your retirement, as opposed to somebody who's your salesperson in retirement, chances of you having an investment plan and working with somebody at an independent financial advisor that's working in your best interest for a fee. I mean, what do you think the chances are that somebody who's working for a fee every year, who has a vested interest in you being a client every year, what do you think the chances of them trying to do a good job for you mm. are compared to somebody who's just going to sell you a product where they got their commission? They say, well, you're locked into this for five years, or you're locked into it for seven years. You're locked in it for 10 years.
1: Vastly different
0: perspectives there. Well, you're putting a lot of trust in them. Like, so are you still going to care about me five years after you already got your commission? I try to treat most things in life as would I do that with my money? Mm. And the answer is no. I would want to work with somebody that I knew was working for me every week, every month, every year, because if they're not doing a good job for me, they're going to stop getting paid, right? As opposed to they got paid up front. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good relationship to have. And and most people should be looking for an independent financial advisor that's doing that. Join the conversation now at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice but are limited to the dissemination of general information. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. Florida license D056341, California license 0N00828. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Compensation was paid to Lurfield for partnership with the Gators as of January 2023.